Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast with host Elizabeth Myers, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. Tune in weekly to learn how to have a winning life by building a strong spirit, soul, and body. Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about how to win at life, overcome adversity, and do what you were meant to do by building a stronger spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and I am so happy today to welcome Dr. Nancy Miggins. She has a lot of insight and wisdom to share with us, and I'm really excited to hear what she has to say. She's a double board certified doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, And she's also the best-selling author of Mastering the Health Continuum, Eight Daily Practices to Boost Energy, Optimize Health, and Age Gracefully. Those all sound like things that I would like to have in my life as well. So welcome to the show, Nancy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us what got you started on this journey of looking at health this way, because you were originally trained to look at it differently, right? Uh, Yeah. My journey began when I was young, maybe 16, 15, 16 years old playing volleyball, I had a back injury. And, you know, my parents took me through the traditional route of, okay, you see your general practitioner, and then, well, maybe he'll send you to a specialist. And, and really, they didn't have any answers. And they were putting me on pain meds and muscle relaxers. And I just wasn't getting better. Mm -hmm. And finally, they were like, well, maybe you just can't play anymore. And I thought, you know, I mean, I grew up in a small town. I knew my ticket was going to be academic and athletic scholarships because Mm -hmm. my parents weren't going to pay for college for me. So Mm -hmm. I needed to find my own way. And so I was like, I can't because I know this is this is a path forward. So I, you know, convinced my parents (laughs) you know, we've got to find another way, like what else, what else? And so they took me to a chiropractor and, you know, the chiropractor wasn't overly confident. He was like, wow, okay, they've tried this. They've tried that. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be able to help you, but ultimately he did. And I thought, you know what? I want to be, I want to be the kind of doctor that is finding solutions really So, and not being like, well, you can't do this or you have to limit yourself here, but how can you, Mm -hmm. you know, thrive? Mm -hmm. And so I decided I was going to be a chiropractor and throughout my years in practice, I kept feeling like, okay, chiropractor, chiropractic is just like one slice of the pie when it comes to health. And you know, it's a powerful slice. However, you know, most of the people coming in to see me had diabetes or prediabetes or, you know, autoimmune conditions or gut issues or, you know, these other, these other factors going on. And I just felt like, okay, I want to be able to help them on a more holistic level. And so that's what really sparked me down the functional medicine pathway. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a book. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and mm-hmm. life is life has changed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I know back pain is the worst because it's like 
no matter what you move, it hurts because exactly. your back is connected to everything. Just for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with it, can you explain what is functional medicine? What do you what do you mean by using that phrase? So functional medicine, it's like if you're familiar with naturopathy, it's this holistic view. It does not uh, consider a pill for an ill. It really looks to the root cause of what's causing your um, health challenges to arise in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's like honing in on what is that, that foundational imbalance Mm -hmm. that your body, you know, because your, your body has this innate inborn capacity to heal itself. Mm -hmm. We're just built that way. And when we interfere with that, then all of a sudden, you know, we're not healing or we're not, Mm -hmm. um, self-adjusting. Right. You know, so and when you learned all that and you began to incorporate that with the chiropractic care that you were giving, did you see like a major improvement in a lot of your patients that hadn't before? Or how did yeah, that happen? Yes, because, you know, pain, <laughs> pain is that was the main reason that people were coming in to see me, you know, right. whether that was headaches or back pain or shoulder pain or knee pain or whatever. But a lot of the reason that these pain syndromes were showing up were other imbalances, or there were contributing factors to why they weren't healing um, as quickly or, you know, as, as I expected. And Mm -hmm. so by addressing the other things to support the body as a whole, the results were much better. Mm, Yeah. So um, in your book, which I I was enjoying reading through some of it, I want to go back and read it in more detail. I love how you take, you know, complicated medical scientific things and kind of explain it on a level that we can all understand with excellent drawings and and ways of describing these complicated biological systems that are going on within us. But um, I know in your book, you list the, the eight steps to kind of yep. a holistic, healthy life. So can you talk about some of those, like either your favorite one or briefly yeah. list all of them? Yeah, there's the, the book has eight daily practices and um, I called them practices because, you know, we all think, okay, I have to do this perfect and I have to do everything perfect. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's all just a daily, a daily practice. You know, mm-hmm. it's like winning ugly. <laughs> you just do the best <laughs> you can every day and, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. but, uh, the eight daily practices, probably my favorite is, uh, hydration mm. and big one. M- mainly because, um, me personally, that is where I, I just went, Oh, you know, I'm, I know this stuff. I'm, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I practice this every day. And when I actually really delved into the research and, and, what not about hydration. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm missing the boat. Mm. And that's where I was like, okay, this isn't just about I'm going to sip on water all day or I I need to make sure that you know, I'm getting x number of ounces or whatever. It also related to how I'm drinking the water. Mm. Because your brain and nervous system kind of control and coordinate all the activities in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you have these natural instincts and thirst is one of them. And if, when you ignore it or dampen it, all of a sudden you're not thirsty anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then that's where this chronic dehydration comes in. And, you know, your body's primarily made up of water. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that can have the trickle down effect in a lot of different ways. And so yeah. 
for me personally, when I got my hydration under control, I, my brain fog, my ability to concentrate, my mm-hmm. performance in all levels went up, mm-hmm. even though my level of stress did not change. So mm-hmm. it was kind of very profound to me. So that yeah. one was probably my favorite. Yeah, that's such a critical one, but I think we often overlook it. My my it's son is a Marine so and his water bottle says hydrate or die. Yes. <laughs> and I, that's really kind of what it is. So I've yeah. heard that when you're when you experience thirst, you're already dehydrated. Is that true? Yep. In your yep. 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 So do you do you go by the like I've I've tried to follow the thing where you take your weight yeah, you like drink your weight in ounces. Yeah, half like your that. weight half your weight in ounces. And that's yeah. once you're properly hydrated. You know, okay. that should be the least amount that you drink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to drink that much. I feel like I spend all day in the bathroom. <laughs> yep. Yep. And tell, and tell your body, you know, if your cells Regulate. are taking in the water and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you'll go through this period where it's that, but eventually mm-hmm. it'll be like, it'll all, it'll all balance mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah. So is it better than to, to take like, uh, you know, a whole glass of water at a time rather than sipping yep. on it for the day? Yep. Okay. Cause I, see, yep. I've got mine here and I just sip on it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just drink the whole thing at once. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, see, that's good to know. Cause that's an area too, where I thought, Hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm on this hydration thing, but apparently I've got a lot to yeah. learn in that realm as well. Read that chapter. Yeah, I, I think I will. I will go back and read that. So do you recommend, like, sometimes I get caught up in, well, you know, I'm just drinking tap water and, you know, I can't afford you know, the fancy water and I don't, you know, we don't filter. Then you go, oh, well, I'll just give up. But help us get over that perfectionistic tendency right. of so, I mean, some point is, is good enough. It is important to drink um, clean water. Mm-hmm. However, drinking water is you know, getting the volume is probably as important as the quality. I would say don't drink out of plastic um, Mm -hmm. just because the BPAs and all the toxins Mm -hmm. and whatever. It's like you don't want to add. And most of the bottled water is just some city tap water that's bottled. Mm -hmm. So you might as well drink your own tap water. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Brita filters or things like that, if your water isn't good where you live, Um, that, that helps. You don't have to go something super expensive, you know, unless you're having some serious health challenges, you know, and then that's where you dive in and you go, okay, you know, what are the sources of this stress that you're experiencing? (laughs) Should talk a little bit about resilience, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, yes. So oftentimes people, when they think of resilience, they're thinking about that mental, emotional, spiritual resilience. Mm Mm-hmm. And not so much about physical resilience. And when you tie resilience to like stress, a lot of people go, well, stress, that feeling of overwhelm. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't meet the expectations of my day, but they don't really understand that stress can be physical, chemical, or emotional, Mm -hmm. and it can be perceived or real. Mm -hmm. Your brain and nervous system respond the same way regardless of the source of stress. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you're worrying about being able to pay your bills, your brain and nervous system respond the same way as if you're coming face to face with a saber tooth tiger. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, when, when I think of resilience, I think about the ability of the nervous system to respond and recover 
appropriately to stressors and that we're not under this constant cloud of stress creating these chronic uh, hormonal imbalances, these chronic issues. And so really kind of going, okay, how do I build my resilience both in mind, mind, body, and spirit? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people go, how am I feeling? Right. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times how you're feeling isn't necessarily how your body is working behind the scenes. Yeah. So measuring your resting heart rate in the morning when you first get up is a Mm -hmm. big key to understanding how is your body responding to the stress in your life. So, and that's as simple as finding your pulse in mm-hmm. finding your pulse in your wrist mm-hmm. and counting for ten the beats for ten seconds, multiplying that by six. And you want your resting heart rate to be sixty or less. If it's above sixty, <laughs> then you're going okay. My body is not responding well to the different stressors in my life. I need to then go. How can I? do stress mitigation, whether that's becoming hydrated, whether that's uh, meditating or doing yoga or doing the things to calm your nervous system down, chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a lot of times people go, well, if I'm stressed out, I should exercise, right? I need to exercise more because that's going to, that's going to do it. Well, maybe your body isn't in a place where it can handle the stress of exercise. Mm -hmm. So if when you're exercising, if you're resting heartbeat increases by more than five beats or 5%, then you need to do a less intense exercise, Mm -hmm. like walking or again, yoga, Tai Chi, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing, you know, and that's just an easy way. I mean, you don't need to go to the doctor. (laughs) There isn't an expensive lab test. Yeah. You know, you can just you know, to, if, you have, home, if you have an Apple have. Watch, a Fitbit, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. an Aura Ring, um, mm-hmm. they all do that that measuring for you, right. right? And then you can track it and you go, oh man, you know, I went to that or I did that Zumba class mm-hmm. now my heart rate's all whacked. Yeah. Okay, I can't, I can't do that right now. It's mm-hmm. not like ever, but right, right now my nervous yeah. system needs to calm down. Yeah. Right. I love how you brought out that those are all integrated because I think that's the thing that we miss a lot. And that's kind of the message I try to harp on is that, you know, how we feel and what we think and what we do and what our body's doing and our spirit is all integrated. We can't isolate the little pieces that they all affect each other. You know, our thoughts affect our emotions and uh, everything is affected by what's going on in our bodies and and things. Um, but I, it's interesting that you bring that up about exercise. Cause I, you know, for several years, that was, I, I've, that's always a thing that I recommend actually to help with mental health. It was very helpful to me, um, especially with anxiety, you know, to just go run it off or whatever. I kind of got addicted to running and I did three marathons in just over a year, like 13 months. Oh, wow. It, it was fun. But after that last one, I, that's when I kind of, my health started declining. And it was then that I learned that exercise, too much exercise is actually like a stress on your body. It's the same as being stressed. And I'm like, oh, all that time I thought I was being great and getting healthy. You know, I was getting stronger, losing weight. It all seemed good. But I think I did a little too much. It was too much of a good thing. And uh, so now I'm needing to way throttle back. I'm just walking. 
and trying hard, to give my body a chance to rest so I can get back into it. Right. And the, and the hard part is there's this abundance of information mm-hmm. you know, available at our fingertips. And it's like, the hard part is going, okay, what's right? right what's, <laughs> no, what is right for me mm-hmm. at this point in time? Yes. You know, because, you know, what worked for me in my 20s and 30s doesn't necessarily work for me now. Yes. You know, what works for you may not work for me in the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's the importance, you know, the, that bio-individuality, that yeah. part of the component is really essential when you're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, create a path forward in your life. Right. That's true. Because I think, too, we kind of have this cookie cutter approach to two things. And I know we were talking earlier about also within our, our medical fields, there's kind of this specialized thing. I I kind of have some systemic thing going on in my body and I've been sent to a thousand different specialists and they all look at it through their little pinhole of what they're trained in and they're very good at what they do. And if you have the specific thing that they can fix, they're excellent at it, but they're kind of limited when they're trying to consider all things holistically, they just kind of scratch their heads at me or they're like, oh, well, you have all these separate things. And I'm like, but they all happened at the same time. (laughs) There's, there's gotta be something tying these things together. Um, So I really, I really like this holistic approach of of looking at everything that's going on. You know, you wouldn't think that what I'm eating or what's going on in my gut area would, would have any effect on my back pain or my anxiety or what have you, but they are, they're so connected. And if we miss that, then we miss those opportunities for healing. Exactly, exactly. And that same situation could be present in someone else and they would experience it in a completely different way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's, and that's really the beauty of, you know, if you take the time mm-hmm. to really kind of go, okay, where am I starting from? Like, mm-hmm. what is my starting point here? What is unique to me? You know, what traumas have I had? What chemical exposures? What's my environment? You know, what's my exercise history? What's my diet history? Do mm-hmm. I have, you know, any family predisposition? You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people put this weight on genetics, but your genes are being turned on and turned off every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like genes maybe only contribute 10 to 20% to a disease predisposition, whereas what we do with those genes. <laughs> it's the lifestyle choices are the things that really make the biggest difference when it comes mm-hmm. to your health. Yeah. And two, I think you brought up emotional trauma, you know, yeah. in our a lot of times our traumas in life, you know, of any size are are stored physically in our body Absolutely. and those can bring about physical symptoms from a mental emotional trauma that we've experienced. And so, you know, then that kind of further complicates things, but that's that's why I'm so interested in this integrated approach to everything because yes. through my experiences, that has been what's most helpful is looking at the whole person, the whole package rather than trying to just isolate one little part. That that my, you know, my pain in my back or my knee is really not just because of that, you know. And when they do an MRI and they're like, "Well, there's nothing wrong with you." Well, it's really cuz they're looking at the wrong part. <laughs> right. Right. Or that the physical functioning, physical components are not yet being affected. You mm-hmm. feel the pain, but the physical joint or whatever mm-hmm. is not showing signs of that imbalance yet, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, pain is, 
pain is very interesting. I did it. A, is. <laughs> I did a, I, I have an advanced certification in chronic pain management. Ooh. And I need to hire you for my <laughs> life. <laughs> um, I was, I was director of operations for a group of um, interventional pain clinics. And I, I thought as a chiropractor and dealing with patients with pain for decades that, okay, I have this wired, you know, and then I found out, well, there are some intricacies and complicating factors that, you know, I was not well-versed in. So Mm -hmm. I went and did this advanced certification and it's pretty amazing. And again, they talked about diet and food sensitivities and, you know, other, other factors that contribute, contribute to those pain syndromes. It's not just a structural thing. It's not just a physical thing. It may be a physical manifestation, but that may not be the root of why that pain is there in the first place. Yeah. There's a lot more going on. Yes. Meets the eye. Yes. For the last couple of years, I've had like some sort of weird autoimmune type symptoms that we can't quite tie together into a neat label. But I recently just had some more blood work done and my inflammation markers were higher than they were, you know, a couple of years ago. And I told the doctor just yesterday, I said, my blood work is finally catching up to the way I actually feel. (laughs) So, but it takes a while for these scientifically minded people to get the data that they need to see in order to believe what I'm telling them I'm experiencing, you know? Exactly. And how frustrating is that? Mm -hmm. Right? Because you you start to go, God, am I, am I crazy? Like, oh yeah. Like, is this not really like what's going Mm -hmm. on? But the, what you have to know is that, you know, lab work is based on averages mm-hmm. and, and that has nothing to do with optimal. Right. And they're looking for you to hit a point where then they can step in and manage something, mm-hmm. usually with meds, you know, mm-hmm. but if you don't qualify for that, qualify for that. Right. That's, <laughs> that's right. Like, we do. No, you're normal. You're still yeah. in normal. And it's like, exactly. again, that has nothing to do with being optimal. Right. Right. You yeah. The rheumatologist told me right that she's like, you're diabetic. Yeah. You know? yeah. The rheumatologist told me we have great medicines to help you, but we have to know which disease you have first right. and we can't tell. And, and she thinks she's like, I think that blood work is a false positive. <laughs> I'm like, well, right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it takes 10 to 20 years, really, mm-hmm. to build a disease. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, It's 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. I think too often we go, well, you know, yesterday I didn't have X, but today I do. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is you've been building yourself sick for a long time. Mm-hmm. And unknowingly, I mean, it's like, it's not, it's not like, okay, I'm intentionally doing this, right? Right. right. It's in, and, and because the body has the ability to compensate and adapt and whatever, mm-hmm. it does that for as long as it can. And finally, your symptoms are screaming loud enough that mm-hmm. you're like, okay, now I gotta, now I gotta take action. Yeah. Yeah. The body is amazingly smart, how it yeah. tries to compensate for things or, you know, you can have a pain in one leg because actually the other leg is injured, but now you're limping weird. And so you mess up the other leg. You know? Right. Right. Or how like your that. low back actually can be a neck problem or your neck problem can mm-hmm. be a low back problem. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's never, it's never, I shouldn't say never, rarely is it straightforward. 
mm-hmm. black and white. Yeah, the yeah. whole idea of like referred pain, where yeah. one thing is messed up, but it hurts somewhere else is yeah. is crazy. I always, yeah. I so I tend to overthink everything, but you know, I go to different doctors and they're like, on a scale of one to 10, you know, what's your, and I'm like, but pain is so much more complicated than that. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's well, low. I, I mean, it's only one or two, but it's all the time. I never get a break. Uh, or, you know, I'm like, well, this one is a stabbing pain, but that one is a, th- you know, there's yeah. just all these different qualities. I'm like, I can't narrow it down to a number. I've just, my life is more complicated than that. <laughs> Right. And nerves have more than pain function, right? Mm -hmm. So unless, unless whatever is going on is affecting the pain fiber, you may not feel pain, but there can be a -hmm. lot of other things that are going wrong at that time, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I want to go back and touch on something you talked about earlier, because I think that's another thing where we can tend to overlook things is toxins that are in our environment. I know that's been getting more attention lately, but it can sneak in in so many ways that we don't even think of. What are what are some things that you help your clients with to reduce the amount of toxins they're exposed to? So without living in a bubble. I know one uh, organic food glyphosate roundup is a big problem. It's in Cheerios, it's in oatmeal, it's in granola bars, and it destroys your gut. I mean, it's, it's bad. Um, so choosing organic and, and, you know, I get, that seems like a luxury. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say it is until it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because at some point it becomes mandatory, right? Because mm-hmm. your health declines. And mm-hmm. that's not the only reason, but, um, the Environmental Working Group, so it's ewg.org, has a clean 15 and a dirty mm-hmm. dozen. Um, the dirty dozen, that's food that you should always buy organic because that's typically heavily laden with pesticides. Um, the clean 15 are things that, well, if you didn't buy it organic, well, you know, your your mm-hmm. risk is, is minimal. So that's mm-hmm. a good resource if, in fact, um, you're on a budget and, you know, mm-hmm. you want to you want to do better, but you can't really go all in. Yeah. Um, don't drink water out of plastic bottles. Um, Is, what, no, what about plastic bottles that are like BPA free or, you know, like the harder plastic? Are those still bad? I wouldn't do it. I'd do stainless steel or glass. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and the BPA stuff, I mean, that's a hormone disruptor. Mm. I mean, it is. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of infertility issues these days mm. and there's a lot of estrogen dominance issues these days. Mm. And, um, you know, there's, there's many people in the functional medicine realm that feel like, you know, plastic has a big role to play in that. Mm. Um, looking at your personal care products. Um, this is something that we really don't necessarily consider because you think, well, the FDA would never put that on the shelf if, <laughs> if it wasn't safe, right? Well, they don't regulate the chemicals and all of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them haven't been tested. Most of them haven't been tested in conjunction with other chemicals. You know, I think there's, mm-hmm. there's like 80, maybe 85,000 chemicals in commerce in the U S mm-hmm. alone. I think it's 150 something worldwide globally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like personal care products, looking at your shampoo, your, your soap, your deodorant, your makeup, all of that, um, water and the environmental working group actually has a tap water database 
where you can um, type in your zip code and it'll tell you if there's water issues in your area. Hmm. Um, so that's a good resource as well. Heavy metals, they're showing up in fish, food, water. That's a concern. And really your body, your body is built to handle these toxins on a daily Smaller basis. Scale. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but, but when it's more than what your body, then your body stores it mm. as fat. Mm. It, it sequesters it in your fat. And so then the more toxins you get, the more fat you have to produce to sequester it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like a lot of people will go, okay, well, I'm doing this diet or whatever. They lose a bunch of weight. They liberate those toxins. Your body can't get rid of them. You end up putting weight back on because you have to produce fat to sequester the toxins. Mm -hmm. And that's what we call weight loss resistance. Mm -hmm. And so um, chemicals and those environmental exposures, they they play a huge, I mean, fire retardant uh, baby clothes, furniture, dry cleaning, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And you can't go, well, I'm going to live a toxin free life, but you know, you can, you know, your house cleaner cleaning products and it's, yeah, so that kind of conversation always reminds me of a movie when I was a kid, The Incredible Shrinking Woman with Lily Tonlin, how it was, I, I think her husband was an advertising agent for all, but it was all the combination of chemicals made her shrink away till she was nothing. <laughs> that's, you know, that was so long ago. And I'm like, but they hit it on the nose, you know, like that's right. happening now. I mean, we're not shrinking, but, yeah. you know, with health issues and things. Um, so definitely limiting toxins we're exposed to is one thing that's good, but we've all already been exposed. And like you said, it can be overwhelming right. our system. How do we clear out, flush out what's already in there? Is that, does that. So, hydration? Wa- yeah. Water. Um, making sure you're eating lots of vegetables. <laughs> I'm like a big one about vegetables, not yeah. saying, Oh, you have to be a vegan or anything like that. But when we think about what we eat nowadays, it's not vegetables. You're, yeah. We're not eating whole foods anymore. Everything is processed. Mm-hmm. And processed mm-hmm. food is full of chemicals, additives, flavorings, sugar, fat, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're all engineered to stimulate your brain in a way that makes you want more. Mm-hmm. And so sticking to whole foods helps to clear that uh, food addiction. Mm-hmm. And it also gives you the antioxidants and phytonutrients and, you know, vitamins and minerals right. and all of that to that your body needs to function optimally. I found myself that I crave more of whatever I'm eating. When I have done like a whole foods, you know, made that a priority to get more fruits and vegetables, I crave more vegetables. Mm-hmm. When I'm eating junk, I crave more junk. So I, w- what always knocks me off the healthy train is the time. <laughs> you know, I've got eight kids and we're homeschooling and we're running, we're a military family, always on the move. And I just, I do it for a while. And then I just start grabbing what's easy. It's the yeah. convenience factor that kills me every time. Yeah, it definitely takes some planning mm-hmm. for sure. You know, there's meal prep techniques and whatever. It's it's like I know when I was traveling all over between the clinics and, you know, working long days and all of that, it's like I spent a good portion of my Sunday afternoon evening prepping for the week so that mm-hmm. I didn't so everything was ready. So I all I had to do is throw it together and you know, yeah, there was my 20, 30 minute meal, mm-hmm. but yeah, it does take, it does take some focus and effort and it's so easy mm-hmm. to 
fall off those good habits that you're trying to create. You know, yes, I mean, is, that's yeah. the reality. And that's why I go back to, it's a practice. It's a practice. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I, you know, I've heard kind of the goal of, you know, try to hit it 80% of the time, you know, try yep. to eat clean 80% or, yep. uh, and sometimes, you know, I try to just rather than focusing on what I want to cut out, I just say, I want to add another serving of vegetables. Right. And, you know, by definition, you're that's going to fill you up more and there's going to be something else you don't eat. But I'm not thinking about what I'm not eating. I'm thinking about what I am eating. And I think just mentally that that helps with that whole process. Right. too. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I can't wait to read the rest of your book. It's called Mastering the Health Continuum, Eight Daily Practices to Boost Energy, Optimize Health, and Age Gracefully. So can you tell our listeners where else can they find you online and what helps and and programs do you have to to offer them? I am on Facebook and Instagram. Both are at drnancymiggins. My website is drnancymiggins.com, drnancy. And, you know, if you have any, if you have any questions or, you know, want to connect or you found any of this interesting, uh, you can email me at nancy at drnancymiggins.com. I read all my own emails and respond to everybody. Um, And I do have a couple of programs uh, that I offer online. Uh, One I co-host, it's uh, called Sugar Crush, and that's a 30-day sugar detox program. Uh, and then I have my eight week, I call it eight weeks, it's really 10 weeks, but eight week um, journey of self discovery, uh, where you learn how to assess your body, and then mm-hmm. create a plan to achieve your goals. And so that one I offer just a couple times a year, I am uh, taking on a few uh, one on one clients like personal coaching clients. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really limited just because my, my time, <laughs> but, <Yes. laughs> um, but I want to do that because, mm-hmm. um, I think that there's just some people who go, oh, I don't want to do a group group program and mm-hmm. whatnot. And some people have more complicated cases that they, they really need that one-on-one. So, yeah. So the, the eight to 10 week course is that that's based on the eight steps that you mentioned in your book. Uh, actually it parallels, but it goes much deeper and, okay. you know, it's got some self-assessments in there and mm-hmm. then it's got some experiential kind of challenges where then you have this chance to kind of go, okay, how does that affect my mm-hmm. assessments that I just did and, and whatnot. Um, so it goes a lot deeper deeper in some respect. I talk a lot more about digestion and Mm -hmm. the gut in my course than what I did in my book. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. It's more of a, it's more of a like personal blueprint kind of Mm -hmm. program. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I think that's so key. Like we talked about earlier, not everybody's the same and the same program or fix or tip won't necessarily help everybody. Right. Even if they have similar issues. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I know I learned so much on a topic I thought I already kind of knew a lot about, but this is great. It's wonderful. I want to read the rest of your book and and stay in touch with you because I think this is really valuable, needed information for today. A lot of people are feeling bad and don't know why. And I think this kind of message can really help them physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things um, can relate and tie into this. So thank you so much for giving us some of your time today and sharing your wisdom with us. I really appreciated it. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with host Elizabeth Myers. If you like the show and want to know more, check out elizabethmyers.me forward slash RLH podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, just fill out the form on that webpage so we can connect. Your honest review on iTunes is a tremendous help to sharing this message of hope with more hurting souls. Don't forget to join us next week when we talk about more hacks for a resilient life. Until next time, stand strong, hold on to hope, and love others like Jesus does.